Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow. We've been in a series called um, Christmas at the Movies. It's really been fun. I hope that you've been here. And if you've missed any, you can uh, hear the next one Sunday morning. And uh, it's, uh, is Die Hard really a Christmas movie? Uh, so this is not your grandma's church. Tim, I heard a quote this week from Jack Hayford. I love Jack Hayford. He said, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If Jack said it, then it is. Now, all the movies that we've been looking at, we haven't said that we endorse them all. And especially if you're going to watch Die Hard, you want to watch the TBS version of that, right? Uh, but anyway, Tim's got some real nuggets out of there. But it's so good to see you tonight. And those of you on our online church, we're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, Father's House, would you welcome those that are online right now? Let's welcome them. Yeah. I'm blessed because I have... Uh, three of my grandchildren with me of my two and uh, it was so good to see Raylan's home from uh, Hillsong College in Phoenix surprise and uh, Zion is here from her work in Tampa and Shade got off of the river enough to make it tonight and Kelly and Eric are here so it's good to see you I'm so glad that you're here you know as we work out at the gym to try to break the monotony our trainer Al always gives us little nuggets and so at Easter he's got nuggets and at Christmas so I got to share some of these with you and see if you're smart enough to answer them I didn't get any of these so uh, see if you know this one what motorcycle does Santa ride? A Holly David sled. What nationality is Santa? North Polish. North Polish. And here, here this, you got to catch this one. You got to catch this one. What do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause. All right. Thanks, Al. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And listen, we know it's a family night. We know we've got kids in here, and kids are not going to be a distraction tonight, so you just relax as a parent. Uh, we do have a crying room. If it's more than what you can handle, it won't be more than what I can handle, okay? And But we're just glad that you're here tonight. We want you to relax. We're not going to keep you all night. I think the last time we were in through this, it was like an hour and a half of the two teachings, right? Something like that. I have Jimmy with me tonight to help team teach. He's one of our students in our school of ministry, and uh, it's going to be a great night tonight. We're talking about uh, some nuggets from the Polar Express. I want to read this verse, Luke chapter 1, verse 45, and it says, in fact, would you read it with me? Great blessings are yours because you believed what the Lord said to you. You believe this would happen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your love. We thank you for caring for us. We thank you that even while we were yet in sin, you came to die for us. And Lord, at this Christmas time, we're not going to get caught up in all the trappings that goes on, but we're going to take time to remember that you're the reason that we celebrate. Thank you for all the wonderful people that are here tonight and online to put you first. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would anoint uh, Jimmy and myself because we know that without you, Holy Spirit, we can do nothing in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. That's right. That's right. How many of you are believing for some sort of miracle in your life? Right? I think most of us are believing for some sort of miracle. I was reading this week a guy by the name of Richard Dawkins. He's an Oxford professor, an outspoken atheist. He's written a book called The God Delusion. He said this, that the 19th century is the last time when it would be possible for an educated person to admit to believing in miracles like the virgin birth without embarrassment. Well, I tell you what, belief is still running strong. In fact, in a recent survey in America, they found that 80% of Americans, both young and old, those that are with or without religious affiliation, still believe in miracles. I believe in miracles, don't you? There are a lot of miracles in the Bible. I don't know what's your favorite, but I think one of the greatest miracles is the story of the virgin birth of Jesus. I want to read a long passage from uh, the Easy Read version. And so if you want to follow along in the screen, it says, During Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin girl who lived in Nazareth, a town of Galilee. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, the Lord is with you. You are very special to him. But Mary was very confused at what the angel said. She wondered, what does this mean? The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, because God is very pleased with you. Listen, you will become pregnant and have a baby boy, and you will name his, his name Jesus, and he will be great. People will call him the son of the most high God, and the Lord God will make him king like his ancestor David, and he will rule over the people of Jacob forever, and the kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, how can this happen? I'm still a virgin. Then the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the most high God will cover you. The baby will be holy and will be called the son of God. And here's something else. Your relative Elizabeth is pregnant. She's very old, but she's going to have a son. Everyone thought she couldn't have a baby, but she's been pregnant now for six months. God can do anything. Would you say that with me? God can do anything. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. Let this thing you said happen to me. Then the angel went away. Mary got up and went quickly to the town in the hill country of Judea. She went to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the unborn baby inside her jumped, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she said to Mary, God has blessed you more than any other woman, and God has blessed the baby you will have. You are the mother of my Lord, and you have come to me. Why has something so good happened to me? When I heard your voice, the baby inside me jumped with joy. Great blessings are yours. Read it with me again. Great blessings are yours because you believed what the Lord said to you. You believed this would happen. In the year 2004, how many of you seen the Polar Express? You've seen that. Okay, we've got several that hasn't. In 2004, the computer animated film Polar Express came out. And it's based on a book by Chris Van Alsberg, who many people don't know as a man of deep faith. In fact, he's written several books on mature themes, but from a childish viewpoint. He writes about greed and environment and loneliness. 
And the Polar Express is no different. It's about a little boy that has a vivid imagination, and he's on his way to the North Pole in the middle of the night. But on a deeper level, when you watch some of these clips tonight, and if you ever watch the movie, on a deeper level, really the movie is about believing what is unseen. It's about believing in something with all of your heart that maybe everybody else, they're not willing to believe. We live in a world today in which if you say that you're a believer of Christ, then people make fun, they make jokes, and it's getting slimmer and slimmer in the time like that. But you see, we all know here tonight, I hope, that we're believing that he is the Christ child and the Lord and that he is coming back soon for us. The little boy in the movie says, you know, Christmas is just not working out for me. And he wants to believe, but nothing makes sense. When he sees something that he thinks it's the real thing, that then he realizes it's make-believe and it's not there. It's uh, Christmas Eve. It's past his bedtime. He lays in bed trying to hear the sound of the reindeer's bells. That would prove to him then that Santa is real. But the boy doubts that he'll ever hear that. He wants to believe, but honestly, believing for him is on a, thin, on a thin thread. He wants to believe, but he can't believe. You know what? There's some of you that are here tonight. You want to believe, but everything around you says that miracle that you're believing for can't happen. Suddenly, the young boy is awakened because a steam locomotive runs outside, and he runs outside in his bathrobe and his slippers, and the train stops in front of his house, and he has a choice to get on that train or to go back in the house. Watch this clip. Well, you coming? Where? Why, to the North Pole, of course! This is the Polar Express! The North Pole? I see. Hold this, please. Thank you. Is this you? Yeah. Well, it says here, no photo with the department store of Santa this year. No letter to Santa. And you made your sister put up the milk and cookies. Mm -mm. Sounds to me like this is your crucial year. If I were you, I would think about climbing on board. Come on, come on, come on. I've got a schedule to keep... Oh! Suit yourself.
so as PT stated earlier, I'm Jimmy Strasser. Uh, it's an honor to be up here to kind of teach on the Polar Express tonight. Uh, and my teaching is basically be on my story and my testimony, how I ended up here where I am tonight. Uh, there's going to be two kind of different clips I talk about first. There's going to be the one we just watched uh, that kind of relate to my story. So before I found God in Jesus Christ, I was uh, your typical military veteran. Um, drank too much, partied too much, uh, five, seven nights a week. I was finding a way to go out, finding people to go with me, blacking out most times. And I never realized how lost I was. I had plenty of people um, that kind of mentioned to me, hey, maybe you should go talk to someone. Maybe you should find a different outlet. But I never listened to it. I just drowned that all out with more partying and more booze. And relating that to the clip we just saw, kind of where he backs away from the conductor, that's kind of where I was at. So a lot of a lot of people in the military, they kind of follow paganism. It's uh, when you go to war, it's kind of a way you kind of deal with it because um, they dying in battle is how they get to Valhalla. That's their glory. So that's kind of how we dealt with it, uh, going to war and dealing with the things that come with that. The problem with that is once you get out, you don't have that potential for glory anymore, so you struggle to find something to belong to. And that's kind of where I was lost at, where I was trying to find something else to fill that void. Uh, I ended up kind of going down that motorcycle club path. Um, not quite 1% like you see in Hollywood. Um, I did hang around with the Hells Angels and other clubs. Could have went down that road, ended up behind bars. Um, but luckily I, I did not. Something pulled me away from that. And with that just came more booze, more women. Um, I was just in a very fast downward spiral. Um, like I said, I drowned it out with more alcohol, more women, more parties, and eventually there was a little bit of drugs involved with that too. Another part from that clip is you see behind the little boy is the dark house. There's no lights, nothing to light up. It was just pure darkness. I kind of related that to how my heart and soul was. Kind of felt dead inside. It's one thing they say when you go overseas, if you're lucky enough to come home, all of you doesn't come back. A part of you stays there. A part of you stays with the brothers and sisters you lost and just the traumatic things you may have dealt with. I never ever remorse for my actions, whatever I did, the people I hurt. I mean, obviously, I may have said I was sorry, but I never truly meant it. I just did it out of that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say you're sorry for the pain you caused, but I never truly meant it. I was basically a robot with no emotion. And I kept drinking more and more to try and let my walls come down to who I used to be, trying to find that little boy that believed, trying to find that place back to my old self. There's a second part that, if you're familiar with the movie, it's very similar to the one we just watched, um, but it involves a little boy named Billy. And when you watch the movie, there's a part where they're on the train, and all of a sudden this one little boy gets everyone quiet and says, hey, we're heading to the other side of the tracks. And that's where I was. I was on the other side of the tracks. I could see me, I'm covered in tattoos, I was bearded. Not what your typical Christian would look like if you typed it in on Google. <laughs> And the same thing, the pastor or the conductor gets out and gives the little boy the same speech. 
and he shies away as well. Same thing, dark house behind him. He's in an over, oversized nightgown, doesn't look like he comes from a lot of money, probably struggled somewhat. And the conductor gives him the same speech and he decides not to get on it first. And for me, that, that first conductor for me was someone named Pastor John Tompkins who I had the luxury of working with and now he runs one fire over in Eustis at a men's recovery um, shelter. And all he did was he would come down, I worked down in a special housing unit where we dealt with the, the most, um, your problem children, I would say, as inmates. I work in a federal prison. So I work down there all the time. So you're dealing with the worst of the worst, constantly fighting with inmates, constantly deal with blood and other stuff with them cutting themselves, trying to get anything they can. And he would just come down and sit down and talk to me. And it wasn't like, hey, you need to go to this church, you need to go to that church, come see me. All he said was, hey, man, find a Bible with a translation you can relate to and start the New Testament. Just read. It's good. He didn't force it on me. He said, just pick it up and read. And that basically just told me where to start. I had a starting point now. Good. And the second person that helped me out was my wife Samantha. And before that other, or after that clip, the train starts leaving again, and Billy starts to run, and he trips and falls. The hero boy from that first clip grabs the mercy brakes, the little line, and tugs it, so the train stops. And if you've heard me speak a few times before, I say it every time. And basically, her pulling that emergency brake was when she basically, I don't want to say forced. <laughs> but she got me to come to church basically by saying, if you're not coming to church, you're going to stay home with the kids. <laughs> and I've said it I've said it a million times before. It shows you how far gone I was. That I <laughs> came to church in something I didn't believe at the time. Half the time I was daydreaming. I'd rather do that than stay home with my own kids. <laughs> so I, I owe a lot of that to those two right there. And then Billy himself, as he starts running... They stop the train, he gets on. He's called by name. Wow. He's basically the only character in the movie that is called by name. Wow. If you go wow. to Google and type in the Polar Express and you go to the cast, the conductor just says conductor, the hero boy just says hero boy. None of them actually have a name except for Billy. Except for Billy. Wow. And the thing that's interesting about that is you hear it in songs, you read it, and they always say, Jesus will leave the 99 to go find that one. Wow. And he gets on the train, and at first he's just sitting in the back by himself. Doesn't know where to go next until the others come back and kind of bring him along. And that's where I was as well. I started hearing these voices in my head, started feeling the Holy Spirit kind of weigh on me, and eventually started breaking down the walls. And I think he's called by name for a certain purpose. He may not know that purpose right away. It may take a long time before he understands it. He's called by name because he, he may needed that push a little bit more than the others. Needed a little bit more love, more assurance that it's all going to be okay. I'm here for you. So I was Billy, and I was that one that Jesus decided to weigh in a little bit more, talk to a little bit more to kind of pull me back in. And now where I'm at is now I'm trying to be that hero boy for others. It's good, good. By sharing up here like I am now, sharing my story testimony of Jesus and what he's done for me. I also believe that's why I ended up working federal corrections. Uh, it's kind of uh, the land of the lost, if you will, on both sides. Uh, I work in an active gang penitentiary, so there's plenty of people there for rape, murder, the worst people you could think of, any gang you could think of, we have them there. So you're kind of walking through the gates of hell every day. 
trying to come out unscathed, which doesn't always happen. You have good days and your bad days. Um, sometimes you walk out, a little bit of that hell comes with you. And luckily for me, I have Jesus to lean on in those times where That's on good. the way home I could play, uh, play worship music and just say thank you for getting me out. Thank you for getting my, my brothers and sisters out next to me out. And I say it's a land of the lost as well because a lot of the people I work with, they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, a way of dealing with the stress. And unfortunately, we've had a few that turn to suicide. They thought that was the answer. So the best thing I could do for them now is just sharing my testimony, trying to give them those cards we hand out every night and inviting them to church. Just tell them, hey, there's something else out there. And like Pastor John Tompkins did for me, he's like, hey, just pick up that Bible and start the New Testament. Read what he's already done for us and what is already in store for you. So we don't walk towards victory. We already walk in victory yes, because of yes, what he's done. Yes. And eventually... I want to end up being that conductor, whether that puts me up here somewhere else, teaching more, or a freedom care counselor pastor like Pastor Tim is. Yes. Eventually, awesome. that's where I want to end up, and I'm willing to go wherever he leads me. Awesome. And this, didn't, this was not a process that just happened overnight. It took years. And like I said, when my, Sam, my wife Sam kind of forced me to come, I wasn't always a willing participant. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Yeah. And what I started to realize is I was guarding my heart, but I was guarding it from the wrong person. Yeah. I was guarding it from Jesus, and what is letting him in? So eventually, I let those walls down. PT, as he does, he does the invitation. He invites everyone to accept Jesus that hasn't done already or to turn their life around and come back to him. It probably took three or four times where I finally decided, hey, that's me, I'm going to accept him. But I was still too overwhelmed, too afraid to raise my hand. So I just sat there. I said the prayer and gave myself to Jesus. This there. Thank God. And then uh, I ended up getting baptized on September 29th in 2019. And it's been uh, a fast Polar Express since, <laughs> or a fast Jesus train, if you will. Um, and like we sang earlier, if you are broken, if you need healing, if you need freedom, you've come to the right place. And with that being said, for those of you that need it, some, those of you that are struggling with, whether it's alcohol, drugs, financial hardships, health hardships, or this past year dealing with COVID and everything that came with it, just remember, it's one step at a time. Always move forward. If you ever take a look at a sword, you always see them when they're done. They're beautiful. They're shiny, sharp. They have designs engraved in them. There's a beautiful work of art. You don't see how they're made starts as a plain chunk of steel that gets dipped in the fire, slightly cooled, banged with a mallet, and repeated yeah. until the desired shape is done. So true. And from there, the process isn't over with. From there, it's more dips in the fire, carving, sharpening. And what you see is the final piece is polished. You don't see the process it took to get where it is. So if you're struggling with something, just remember one step at a time one day at a time. If you trip, get back up, repent, dust yourself off, and just remember it's another dip in the fire to where you wanna be. So I've been sober for three and a half years now. Awesome, awesome. Um, thank you. And with that being said, it, 
it was like I just said, it was not overnight. It took me probably two, three years to get to that point. I went from drinking five, seven nights a week to just my weekends. Problem with that is I was still blacking out on those one or two nights I drank. Went to special occasions. Problem with that was I was still blacking out. Last time I drank, it was probably, it was in June. I was the third time I drank that year and I still put down almost two bottles of vodka by myself. And the thing that really hit me was the next day I was playing with my daughter in my, my mom's backyard in Pennsylvania. It was, it was warm for Pennsylvania and I was in a tank top and shorts. We're playing the grass out back and I passed out. And luckily for me, my wife took a picture. And she showed me. And it basically broke my heart. Just seeing that picture, and instead of playing with my kids, playing with my daughter, I was passed out from being hungover, still drunk. And that was the last time I drank. I shouldn't say the last time. This week, PT asked me if I still mess around with alcohol at all. And I said, no, in the three and a half years, all I've had was a half a glass of champagne at a wedding. And it was actually last September. And within minutes, all those old demons came back up. Wow. wow. Instantly, as my wife jokes, they used to call me Jimmy the Kid just because I partied all the time and I was just always in trouble. Instantly, Jimmy the Kid came back. And I looked at my wife and I said, I said, I think I could have a drink. I think it's been that long. I think I'm under control. She's like, if you think so, all right. But as soon as I had an eighth of an inch between my butt and that seat, she put that stern voice on and said, put that butt back in that chair. And I said, yes, ma'am, and that was it. <laughs> so if that relates to you at all, or if you're just in need of a change, in need of healing, as they say, I'm going to lay your burdens down. And that is you, I'd like to lead you in a prayer tonight. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, tonight's the night to do it. Or if you realize just in the, the troubles and dismay of this past year, if you drifted away, turn around and come back to Him. Because He has so much in store for us. And like PTOA says, if we're not dead, He's not done with us. And if you've been struggling and you've been hearing that voice like I did, it's okay when we say this prayer. You don't have to raise your hand and make eye contact with me. Just have that open heart. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God and just say it. Give your heart to the Lord. So let us pray with every head down, every eyes closed. Repeat after me. Thank you, Father. For loving me for sending your son Jesus to die for more for my sins I ask you to forgive me for my sins come into my heart come into my life as best as I know how I will follow you the rest of my days in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, before I turn it back over to PT, if you've made that decision to accept Jesus Christ or you've turned back to him, at the end of service tonight, there should be a connection card in the back of your chair. 
fill out some information on that, that you're comfortable with and bring it out to the next steps table outside. There's going to be some uh, material for you on what to do next and a gift from the pastors here. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Jimmy. Wow. Sam, would you stand? I'm embarrassing more. This is Sam. May we all have someone who stands strong for us. Throughout the uh, journey, as they're going to the North Pole, he's still struggling with, is this a dream? Or is it real? I wonder if Mary didn't feel that a little bit. Did I just have a dream, or is this real? I mean, she's got to be shocked, scared, confused. But the end thing is, Mary responded to the words of the angel with belief, with belief. When the, when the Polar Express finally gets to the North Pole, Billy is struggling to still try to hear the bell. He wants to hear the bell. And so there's a bell that breaks loose from the Santa sleigh and falls at his feet. And he reaches down to pick that up, and he's holding the bell, and he's saying... I want to believe, I believe, I believe. And then he shakes the bell, and when he shakes the bell, he can hear it. He can hear it. And then about that time, Santa shows up and says to him, the bell is a wonderful symbol of the spirit of Christmas, as I am. But just remember this. Listen to what he says. The true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. Lies in your heart. So, Santa gave him the bell, and he could keep it, but he put it in his pocket, and he had a hole in his pocket, and it slipped out, and he lost it on the way home. So when he gets home, he's bummed out because he's lost the bell. So now he's thinking, did I really believe or not believe? Was it real or was it not real? And then it comes to the time that, uh, what's, what's this clip? Wake up, wake up, wake up. Santa's been here, Santa's been here. Hurry up. Found this on the seat of my sleigh. Better fix that hole in your pocket. <laughs> Mr. C.
beautiful bell. Who's it from? Santa. Santa? Really? Mm. Oh, that's too bad. What's this? Huh? Broken. Huh. Sorry about that, sport. Come on, kids. We don't want to be late. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell. But as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. in the song of the Polar Express say, believe in what you feel inside and give your dreams the wings to fly. You have everything you need if you believe, if you believe. We all start out as that innocence of that kid or when you first gave your heart to the Lord. And then come storms and difficulties and trials and you can't hear that believe anymore. Matt said earlier as we were praying before church uh, of the song that says, what was the name of that song again, Matt? Oh, come all, oh, come all ye faithful. And they talked about what kind of hope? The thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. See, the thrill of hope is I can hear the bell. There's a time when Jimmy couldn't hear the bell. Can you hear the bell now, Jimmy? You can hear it. Listen. I, I, want us, I want us to leave here tonight and make a difference in the world around us. Be the conductor of encouraging people to get on the train. I want to give you a gift. The ushers are coming at this time, and uh, they're going to pass a bucket. And would you take out a Believe bell? Our kids already have bells. And as soon as you get one out of the bucket, if you believe, if you really believe what's that, if you believe in Jesus, I want you to just start ringing that bell. Start in the very beginning, and uh, you're going to just sense uh, as it gets larger and larger, we're just going to fill this room with the sound of that bell, the sound of believing, the sound of believing. As you ring that bell, you're saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus who came to die for my sins. I believe in Jesus who's the answer to my life. I believe in Jesus who lives with me and keeps me and moves me. I believe in Jesus that he's coming soon again for me. Come on, ring the bells. Would you, would you stand with me? Wow. Wow, let's ring the bell. Let the, let the sound go. Let's leave here tonight letting the world know that we believe there's still people who believe. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.